I can say good afternoon today. Um, thank you for tuning in to School Psych Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm a school psychologist in Maryland. Real excited uh, today to be chatting um, with, with a good friend and a, and a funny guy. And so I think this episode will be amusing and hopefully wind everybody down for, um, you know, the end of the school year. It's kind of I, I, the end is near, the end is in sight, and I, I'm getting a little bit antsy myself, so I hope that everybody's hanging in there. But I'm going to pass it over to Rebecca, who's going to talk about um, how to participate this afternoon. Rebecca. Welcome, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon and found this new time refreshing and enjoyable. You can be lounging on your couch and relaxing and watching us without without a thought of Monday. Um, so welcome. If you are watching live, please just log into your YouTube account and comment right alongside the video. Even if you're watching it a little bit of a delay or, or later in the week, you can still comment alongside the video and your comments will line up in time with our conversation and we can return to that discussion um, anytime. So that's a great way to let us know what you're thinking and questions that you have or any experiences that you'd like to share. You could also message us inbox on either of the Facebook pages, School Psych Podcast page or School Psych Your School Psychologist or right along our main feeds um, on those pages themselves or on Twitter at Podcast Psyched. And please use the hashtag Psyched Podcast. I'll be looking for notifications uh, throughout our conversation and throughout the week. And now I'm going to pass it on to Eric, who's going to introduce himself and our wonderful guest. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, I'm Eric Elias, and I'm a school psychologist in Connecticut. And we are excited to have Dr. Peter Faustino with us, an old friend and uh, uh, NASP uh, compatriot um, from many conferences and lots of gatherings. So um, Peter doesn't live too far from me, so it's it's kind of nice to have him him here and have gotten the chance to see him at a few things over the years uh, more locally. So, uh, but you may or may not know, um, Dr. Faustino is a school psychologist who's been a practitioner for over 25 years. Um, he works in the Scarsdale, New York area, and he is uh, also our current um, president-elect from uh, the National Association of School Psychologists. Uh, former New York Association uh, president as well. And so Peter's had a lot of experience and um, he's generally uh, just a lot of fun to talk with. So we're excited to talk about his thoughts about the presidency uh, upcoming and his thoughts about the practice of school psychology and uh, maybe where things are as we are shifting in the pandemic and, and um, post-pandemic-ish, I guess I would say from my own uh, experience. Um, so, Peter, welcome. We're so excited to have you. It is so exciting to be here with you guys. So thank you very much. Although you're definitely raising the expectations about the, this particular episode. So I was hoping <laughs> you would lower them and then I could, you know, meet the uh, meet the bar there somewhere. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and thank you for the new time slot, too. So, you know, first day on the job as president-elect and I'm already a diva and asking for, you know, you guys to work around my schedule, but I do appreciate it. So it's we're awesome. happy to have you. You didn't ask for any special headphones or lighting or anything like that. So yeah, <laughs> I, I turned away the makeup crew that you were offering to send and right. Yeah. The green room had delicious coffee and uh, you know, and, and treats. So yeah, this is great. <laughs> 
Well, Peter, just before we got on the, uh, live, we were just chatting about the school year and the time of year. You've been a school psychologist for a long time. What do you think about how things are going lately in schools? How's, how are things going for you? Yeah. What is May as a school psychologist been like? Ooh, I mean, we, yeah, I, I'm not even sure where to begin, <laughs> especially if you're a practitioner, right? May is still, uh, we're going in full force, but I was going to make a comment that we have interns um, with us, full-time interns. And quite often, I think they think that the beginning of the year is where all the busy work uh, happens. And then somehow around May or June, our feet go up um, in preparation for summer, right? And I think they just commented the other day about how busy we are at the end of the school year, just how much is still going on. I, I think quite often it is a uh, it is a marathon right up until the last day. And then even sometimes over the summer, we're still working. So, yeah. Um, but there's an excitement and an energy in schools that that I can't seem to get away from. Uh, there was a couple of years in um, my career where I had the opportunity to do some administrative tasks and work. And it took me away from the students and families, and I I did not like it at all. It was it was really terrible. So as much as it's like stressful and hard, if there's a day that I'm with kids and a day that I'm on the phone with parents or working with teachers and support staff, I I can somehow find a way to get up the next day with a smile. So I one of my first introductions to you, I believe, was through NIASP and mm. your advocacy work for NIASP. And between you and John Kelly, you make NIASP and <laughs> conferencing so much fun. How have you, after all these many years, maintained that level of energy and passion? And how do you handle, you know, just the busyness? And what do you do for self-care? I know that's like 10 questions in one, which is absolutely awful, but yeah. Well, you know, I'll start with giving a little shout out to our sponsor, Nespresso. Um, that's it's the caffeine that sort of keeps me going and uh, and keeps me um, energized. But um, no, J John Kelly is, I mean, one of my best friends. And I, I honestly am so appreciative that um, we met so many years ago. And uh, I sometimes make the comment that when I'm around John, you know, I will say something like, hey, John, remember when we were kids and we used to do this? And then I'm like, wait, I didn't know you when we were kids. Like, I've only met you like, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, which, you know, in, in the lifespan is is not all that much. But it's been really a remarkable um, sort of like, uh, you know, companion, I think, you know, on this journey. Um, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's been really great, really great. Um, by the way, I did look up his um, school psych podcast, which I believe got a couple hundred views. So I'm expecting to beat that mark in this one. Uh, I will go on a full, you know, advertising campaign in order to, you know, uh, beat John Kelly, just because we always have that little rivalry going. But um you know, I, I think the passion that, that John and I have is um, is some of that energy just about wanting change, right, within the field. Um, I think as much as both of us have been, you know, very fortunate in our careers and uh, both come to the table with a lot of our own privilege, um, we want to use that to the best of our ability to advance, I think, 
the work around school psychology, education, the needs for um, for children and families. And so when we first met, a lot of it was really just um, association business, being a volunteer in New York. But um, John is um, the co-chair for the legislative work here in New York, along with Kelly Cassie, um, another dear friend. And he was on the Government and Professional Relations Committee of NASP when I first met John. And so uh, when he transitioned off GPR, I had gotten onto GPR. And I would say that there's something about advocacy. You mentioned that, Rebecca, that word um, that that really sort of keeps me going. Because perhaps it's, you know, as I was saying a minute ago, right, you you go to work every day and there is somewhat of a monotony, right? Or you, you begin to get um, weighed down by some of the issues that are in your building or in your office or in your school district or community. But some of the work with NIASP, NASP, the advocacy work, the GPR work has really pulled me out of that sort of like local level thinking about how does this weigh in on what we need to do within our state, within our country? Um, how do we get and make sure that others are hearing that voice, right? Um, I often, I do a lot of work with um, children on the autism spectrum and and um, and volunteered a lot with Autism Speaks, you know, and, and I think it is that notion that we are um, trying to give voice, trying to amplify those who um, don't always have a seat at the table. And so, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose that's an element of what keeps me motivated and inspired to just kind of keep going and doing more. But there, there are definitely days and years where it's certainly more exhausting. And um, yeah, and I'm fortunate to have the the ability and time to do some of that as well. So. Yeah, I remember being at, um, you know, um, hanging out with you a little bit at conferences and like passing you and seeing you like during the day, like working your butt off, like talking to this person and that person and really like, let's do this, let's do this. And really, um, you know, in the midst of everything. And then I remember at the same time, like, you know, when when everything's said and done, like crowds of people around you and, and John, like just hanging out, getting drinks, like very charismatic, <laughs> having a fun time. So I, I always like that that balance that you seem to have where you really like you advocate and you do what needs to happen. And then at the same time, you know, you're able to, you know, share in, in the joy of the camaraderie, you know, of the, of the conference. And so it just makes it, you know, it's, yeah, it's, good. <laughs> I, it's, it's probably um, attributed to, I mean, many of us, right. Our family roots and stuff like that. You know, my mom's Italian, my dad is Portuguese, right. So growing up, giant tables full of food, full of wine. The conversations were heated. You know, a lot of times the, the arguments would scare, you know, anybody who wasn't in the family. And then at the end of the night, all the cousins and aunts and uncles are hugging and kissing. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then, you know, leaving. And so I suppose there's something ingrained in my DNA about a little bit of work hard, play hard, you know, kind of thing. So, but yeah, yeah, we try. Yeah, I like that. So what are your thoughts for, you know, your president elect going into your, you know, I know that presidents of NASP need to kind of pick a theme and you kind of shape the conference around. And and, and so what are you thinking? Where, where are you going with issues, with themes, with, with all that stuff? Or have you have you been maybe pushing that to aside until you get to the school year? <laughs> well said, Rachel. Yes. I mean, to, to give you the short answer, although that was why I came here. 
I was hoping that the three of you could help me craft the message, right? Or the viewers who are on there might, you know, might sign in or, or comment and say, what do you think about this? And then I'm going to say, yes, that, that's perfect. I don't, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. I just have to recognize the smartest idea in the room. And, uh, and that's why I'm here on your podcast today. It's actually work you, that you guys will do for me. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, truthfully, the, um, you know, being a practitioner, the, the, there's not often a lot of downtime and I, I still have quite a few responsibilities. And so I do think about it all the time. I wake up or I'm driving to work or, you know, late at night, I'm thinking like, what about this? And what about this? And right now it just feels like a million ideas and a million experiences that I want to bring to bear to something that I hope resonates, not just with um, our members, but with the the other sort of like allied professionals that, that we have to work with, I think, moving forward to, to really advance issues. But um you know, I, I think for most of my experience with volunteer um, work and or leadership, um, I have really, you know, tried to make sure that it's not about me, right? I mean, this is a large organization with a lot of amazing leaders and systems in place and um, strategic plans. And so, yes, I do get a little bit of fun with the theme and some strands of the conference, but a lot of it is really as a steward of, of the association of NASP and where I work at the high school, their um, motto is, is a Latin phrase, non sibi, meaning not for oneself. And I really do uh, connect with that a lot because it really is not about me. It's really going to be about our members, the children and families that we serve. And so I'm trying to think of something that really resonates with that. Um, and I think to extend that answer, you know, I'm, I'm really, I think, focused, focusing more on um, trying to remind ourselves as school psychologists about what our purpose is, um, you know, I, it, we don't pause and think about it maybe enough. And um, I, I certainly know the reason I went into the field was a little bit of just how much I enjoy working in education with younger people and trying to help them, trying to help better their lives. Um, you know, NASP's motto about thrive really creates this, this hopefully this um, excitement about that we're going to, you know, help support um, individuals or, or um, you know, the students that are in our care. And so I think part of that is also this idea that, you know, if I think back on my career and maybe you guys would do the same, right? There are probably relationships, right? Either um, with individual students or um, ones that stand out that really seem transformational, right? I mean, there's so many transactions we do every day, right? We're writing reports and we're going to meetings, but there really are some that all of us have stories that we can share about a child that changed our lives or, you know, sometimes we don't always see it in the moment, but um, maybe because I've been in the, in the profession so long, I start to get emails or Facebook messages or Instagram DMs that say, I don't know if you remember me, right? When it starts like that, it's either going to go in one of two directions, but lately all of them have gone in the really good direction of, I don't know if you remember me, but you were my school psychologist when I was in middle school. I mean, and some of these, you know, individuals are um, with families now, right? Or, or grown. And it's the most amazing words back to what it is that we did. And I think there's something about that 
relationship that I want my presidential theme to go back and remind people of and help them focus on. Because I, I certainly don't want to tell school psychologists what to do. We have enough people in our lives that tell us what to do. I, I really hope that maybe it can just be a reminder about what our purpose is and the reason that we do things and the reason we get up and how we maintain our energy to your earlier question. So. I love that. And, uh, you know, I'm just chuckling, thinking, uh, you know, the email that comes that says, uh, I don't know if you remember me, but you still owe me lunch money from, <laughs> or, you know, from seventh grade or something, or you borrowed my book. <laughs> Do you still have it? Right. <laughs> Where's my right. test kit that I loaned you? <laughs> Where are my blocks for my list? <laughs> you still haven't filled out the IEP correctly. Can you That's go right. back and get that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the nightmares, right? Being chased by, uh, you know, someone who I, I didn't finish paperwork. That would probably be mine. Uh, but I love that. You know, Peter, you reminded me, uh, Charles Barrett says uh, something to the effect of a day without students is a day that's wasted, you know, and so um, those connections are so important. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and many times, I mean, if you go on... Um, the message boards or the social media groups about, you know, uh, school psychologists, there, there's a lot of people saying there's so many forces pulling me away from kids. Right. And I, I don't know, I, I do keep thinking, right. Even when I'm testing a student, I've got one-on-one -on -one time with a student, right. How do I maximize that? How do I make sure that there's something maybe transformational in there? So, but yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, I, I think that's just something we, you know, should be keeping in, in the back of our heads, right? This is maximum time to influence, you know, yeah. and support. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like, you know, we chatted not too long ago with Celeste Malone um, and she was just in Connecticut for our, one of our conferences. And, you know, she's just done such an incredible job of advocacy and, and really trying to, um, you know, even move beyond equity to seeing people thrive and, and seeing social justice. Um, and she's done such hard work. And I, I wonder, um, what are your thoughts about, you know, I, I know NASP has strategic goals in that area and, and mm -hmm. um, you know, thoughts about continuing that, you know, sort of taking the baton, so to speak. Uh, that's a great question, Eric. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I think, you know, as much as we'll have fun and, and, and this topic can still be fun, right? I mean, um, it, it's a critically important conversation that we, we need to have within the field of school psychology specifically. Um, Celeste is the best. Um, I, I so enjoy her company. I, I feel very appreciative that she has um, given her talents to NASP and really um, reminded us of some of the, the, the focus that, that needs to be within our profession around, you know, most of the topics that you just um, talked about. Um, and truthfully, I, I will say, you know, even my role in becoming, you know, president-elect, um, you know, there were days where I started thinking it's going to be a lot of work to take on this role. And I'm not sure if I want to, right? I mean, I, I have the privilege of just saying, I have a really good life. I'm just going to walk away. I've done some fun, exciting things. And, 
and I'll go. And I think Celeste was one of the individuals who re-energized me to say, this is some really important work. This is a really important topic. And, and perhaps I can um, open up doors and have conversations to continue the work that, uh, that she is doing. Although I know Celeste is very quick to give lots of credit to people who've been doing this work for, for a long time before her. Um, I recently had the honor and privilege to go down to the Black School Psych Network Summit in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was, um, it, I, I almost want to say it was life-changing, life-inspiring, because it was, it was that amazing to be in a room, um, I mean, and on multiple levels, right? I mean, one, the organizers did such a phenomenal job with putting the summit together. Um, Byron McClure and Carlita, who's here in New York, and and just several others, but they but they put together a, an absolutely first class summit. Um, and what was amazing, um, because um, everyone in the room, the majority was you know pe- people of color, um, was for me to be a white male in that space. I think it may be the first time in my life that I was the minority in a room or in, in that space. And um, what immediately came through was just the joy and the excellence and the pride and the passion that everybody in the room had. Uh, it was contagious. It was inspiring, just as I was saying. But I think the other observation that I had was also the shared struggle that everyone in the room was able to um, to you know to tell how they struggled to get where they were um, in ways that I, I'm not sure that I had the same challenges to get to the space that I've been in, and so I know we're talking about school psychology and NAS, but I think that that really. Um, you know, uh, parallels to, to, to our school system and our education system and just the inequities that exist. I know uh, things like DEI, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a, is a, is a popular phrase in many schools are um, having those conversations. But I do worry that sometimes we're very quick to just check a box that we've brought in a speaker or we um, included different terminology in a document and all of a sudden we feel like our job is done and that's really not what it is. And that's going to have to be I think, um, you know, a major component of the year. I mean, Andrea Klein is coming in. Andrea Klein is is going to be the the, the president between Celeste and I. She is uh, amazing and so aligned with this work. So I think you're going to see it for the next few years and certainly uh, hopefully well beyond that. But it's a, but it's a critically important topic. Yeah. It makes me think of how important it is to communicate outside of the school psychology network of colleagues that we have, because, you know, I live in Florida and there's such a terrible misunderstanding of what DEI is. And, you know, it's by highly educated, powerful people like our governor. And it's a shame. It's really, really awful. Um, what's happening in Florida in schools um, and in the name of DEI or anti-DEI. So I, I think mm-hmm. that if we can like get in front of parents and, you know, other stakeholders to say this, this is what this work is about. It's about allowing space for everyone to thrive. You know, it would make such a difference. And school psychologists are so um, able to do that, to articulate that, but it's, there's, few of us and many of them, but we mm-hmm. can, we can make a start hopefully. 
I, I think you're right, Rebecca. We have to make a start even, even more so. I mean, I, I do think that um, for many reasons, right, school psychology has been thrust into this, um, you know, um, position of power in schools and decision making. I mean, we don't always feel it, right? I mean, I know if you talk to individuals, they're like, I don't get to make any of the decisions, but, but we really have raised our profile. Uh, nationally to, to a point where I think we are positioned better to influence outcomes and to, to be part of hopefully some of those decisions. And I think um, that's the advocacy work that I've been doing with NASP for years and certainly hope to continue during the presidency because you're right, Rebecca. I mean, things have just, you know, really, and this was just before the pandemic too, <laughs> things seem to just be going off the rails. So um, I, I know there's a lot of conversation about, um, and, and you guys have all heard this, right? Returning to the norm after the pandemic. Let's return to the norm. Well, the norm wasn't always so good. So I'm not sure that we need to go back to the norm. I think we need some new set of norms that we're going to be going back to. Yeah, and I see the the, the office of the presidency as such a, it, it is a service position. I, it doesn't sound, it's a hard, it's a hard job. It's something that I would never, um, I'm, you know, that just seems beyond what I would feel that I would be capable of doing. Um, and you know, you're talking about, you know, making contact with students and whatnot. So that's one thing I'm assuming that if you're a president that, I mean, your role is you speak to, you know, organize and you're going around to the different conferences and stuff that are occurring. Um, so I, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be hard. I would imagine to, to give up that, especially when you were saying that, you know, you did a little bit of administrative stuff. And, you know, it was hard to, to not be with students all the time. So, yeah, I, this is, a, a you know, this is you giving your time to, yeah. to do this for the organization. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. awesome. No, my, my pleasure. And, and thank you for that. Yeah, because managing people is much harder than managing kids, I think. So <laughs> the good thing is it's only one year, right? And then I get to return to, you know, my previously scheduled plan. <laughs> So what do you think in the coming year or years are the most pressing issues uh, for school psychologists and the things you want to focus on during your presidency? Um, boy, you guys don't ask like simple questions, do you? These are like, you know, I, I thought I was coming on the show and they were going to be like softballs thrown my way. But, uh, you know, do you, do you want to know how to solve the debt crisis as well? Is that is that the next question that's coming up? Because uh, I don't have an answer there either, but. <laughs> and you've got some time to figure it out for sure. Where, where is your conference going to be? Which conference? My, mine will be Seattle, Washington. So Washington. We'll, we'll be in New Orleans next year. Uh -huh. uh, and then the year after will be Seattle, Washington. So. I also want to hear well, what you're going to do to make the conference more fun, too. Maybe that's a thoughtful <laughs> question because you're you're kind of the the in the midst of all the social things. Like I feel like it's, it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> well, there there I've already reached out to Gumby Nasp Gumby, who um, we may appoint as social chair for the organization, and just see if he can uh, spearhead some of that, Rachel. So. But uh, perhaps I'll ask the three of you to serve on that committee as well. Um, <laughs> um, I, but the other question I think was about um, just where, you know, the critically important um, things within, within our field and within NASP. I mean, I, I know I said it before that, that NASP has 
amazing leaders already and have for years, you know, the, the great news is all of those volunteer leaders who, who give up their time and um, share their expertise come together to develop um, a strategic plan and strategic goals, one that we um, have recently uh, revised and we are constantly monitoring for progress. And um, so, you know, the, the, the ones that are set forth by this, you know, larger consensus of, of NASP leaders is around uh, social justice, is around the shortages in school psychology, um, the idea that we need uh, you know, leaders uh, for the future of our profession to continue its uh, its strength. Um, a focus on the practice model because too often, and and each of you are in different states, or actually all four of us are in different states. If we had a conversation about how the practice looks in one state or how the practice looks in one school district, it's very different. And I think we're hoping to not only you know align that a little bit more with regards to the practice model, but ensure that all of our training is being used, um, you know, most effectively and, and where that is. But um, certainly the shortages, I think, is is another one. I mean, uh, when we talk about the mental health crisis post-pandemic or even the fact that it was a crisis before the pandemic and now in many of our communities far worse, um, some of that just directly ties back to the shortages. We, we, we could use more school psychologists and not just more school psychologists, but um, school psychologists of diverse um, backgrounds, diverse training to really meet the population that we are going to have to work with um, in the future. So there's a lot. It's actually kind of exciting to be in the profession if you don't get weighed down by, you know, some of the some of the reports and some of the things that we hear about. Let's see, that's a great answer. And I know you would know something about the debt crisis more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so what would it be? Uh, spend less, save more? I don't know. Is it that simple? <laughs> That's good. Yes. Um, maybe it would be helpful, actually, uh, to talk a little bit about because about NASP and you were mentioning, you know, the strategic plan and a lot of the, the people behind the scenes. I recently went back to school um, in a clinical psychology program, but I'm very friendly with the Graduate Association of School Psychologists, um, and I tried to like encourage them to join NASP and to um, you know learn about what's going on. But there is a little bit of mystery involved. Some people, if they are either just NASP members that they get the communications but don't really participate, um, you know, in conferences or or on committees. There's a lot of mystery involved. So what would you say to um, new school psychologists or students who are looking to understand how NASP works and how they can get involved? Yeah, that's a great question, Rebecca. I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you asked it um, sort of on behalf of NASP. I mean, uh, the, the couple of thoughts that immediately popped into my mind is, um, you know, I... I joined NASP the way I think a lot of people have, right? Uh, in graduate school, they talk about the, the responsibility to be a part of your professional associations or to join professional associations. And um, where I'm fortunate is I feel like I found my identity. I found John Kelly. I found others 
in NASP that I connected with. And part of the conversation that we have to have about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging is when um, students don't see their identity within our profession. And we're going to have to work to ensure that that is something that they see and that they feel um, part of it is also the value at which I think um, people see with regards to an organization, not just about the money. I, you know, I, I sometimes I get irritated when they say, you know, oh, the dues went up a few dollars, right? I mean, it it it, it sounds like in my day, right? It NASP only cost five dollars, right? But but it's but it's um, it's more the value, right? I mean, whenever we've done sort of studies, even within our state association, about why people join. It, it typically would fall into three categories, which was professional development. They wanted to come to a conference and get professional development, and they knew it was like one-stop shopping or really quality, trustworthy professional development. It was the advocacy that they knew that they were getting, right? It's like, I don't have time to advocate you know, for watching state laws or, or bills or what's going on uh, in education. So I, I have faith that someone else is doing it. Um, NASP is, so I'll pay my dues. And I think the last one was quite often the website, right? I mean, people wanted the members only section of a website. And some of that is all changing and, and you know, adjusting. And I think we've got to adjust a little bit with it too and just make sure that members see value um, in the organization as well as seeing themselves in the organization. But I think um, part of your question, Rebecca, too, was this idea that um, for too long, and, and, you know, this is debatable, right? People would say, oh, the, the leadership you know, is sort of like who you know, right? It's it's a friend invited you to be, you know, join a committee, and I think some of the um, some of the the if I can, you know, uh, talk about Celeste again for a minute, right? Some of the work that she's done has really um, created systems or asked us to look at the systems by which people become leaders and make sure that they are equitable, make sure that they are um, fair in doing this. And so one of the ideas which I, I get excited about is because it's sort of an easy idea to understand are the ideas of want ads, right? So when a position comes open, we no longer reach out to our friends and say, oh, I know somebody who would be great and they're my friend. So I would love to hang out with them and, and we'll do some good work. It's more talking about what is the role? What, what are we looking for? Creating a want ad and then sending it to the membership to really say uh, who fits this bill. And if you read this and you see yourself in this role, then apply, let's get more involved. And so I think we've got to continue to do that kind of transparency work in our organization and get, just get more and more people involved. Cause, cause the, the more diverse we are, the better we will be. We will, we will, yeah, we will, we will love it. So I love it. Awesome. I wanted to ask to and circle back to um, NIASP and, mm. and your involvement there, because just because NIASP is such a, a powerhouse state as far as all, all of our state associations. Mm. Um, you know, I went to undergrad and graduate school in New York, and so I attended conferences, you know, back forever ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, NIASP is known for for their strength, for their, their amazing conference. It's like a mini, you know, national conference, and whereas some of the other states you go to, and it's like a single presenter type of thing, and, mm. and NIASP has <laughs> all the everything. Um, <laughs> so how, how did that happen? How What goes into making kind of a strong mm. uh, state association? What advice might you have to other states that maybe want to grow the themselves a little bit. Yeah, again, not a softball, huh? Wow. <laughs> um, 
Great question. And I guess I've been involved in NIASP long enough that that I should have a, a, a really clear answer, right? Um, I mean, you know, the, the truth is, I will say, um, part of it is we are one of the larger state associations, just numbers wise, right? I mean, we, we, we definitely have an advantage um, when you've got a larger pool of, of school psychologists to participate in. Um, we also have a lot of training programs in New York State. We've we've really worked hard to ensure that we're connected to the training programs. And so I think when you tap into the um, to the excitement from students and graduate students, when you tap into professors and the trainers of school psychology, and then you bring all of that to bear on the board. Um, we, we've had graduate student represent, representation on our board for, for quite a few years. I think sometimes that keeps us sort of a little bit current um, with regards to that. We, we also, um, I guess years ago, had the, the idea of um, identifying a position on the board that was conference chair that didn't rotate around the state or change every year. So there was somebody overseeing the conferences. I would tell you if, if you're a state association and you're thinking about this, right? It's almost like find the the person who's a party planner in your um, you know in your association and give them the job of conference chair and they get to plan a party every year um, because we do a big party and we have professional development at our at our state conferences and and so but then it honestly grew from there I think you know um, the way you described you know it being a mini national conference and or the excitement that you feel coming to a NIASP conference all of a sudden you begin to build on that momentum and sometimes truthfully I think we would focus you know I was talking about purpose before right our purpose quite often was we wanted members to come to the conference and have a good time. We really not, not, you know, socially, but we just wanted them to have an all around good experience. And if that was our goal, if that's kind of how we set things in motion, then I think it drove a lot of our decision-making around um, what would be a state conference um, that, and honestly, the, the history of NIASP, I mean, um, I'm not the the resident historian, but but I am fascinated that uh, the roots of school psychology um, as an entire profession did originate a lot in New York. There were a lot of you know sort of key um, starting moments with uh, Gil Trackman at NYU and and just others who um, had a connection to New York. And I think uh, we just, we built off that uh, quite a bit. And so, yeah, we're excited to keep it going. Um, Carlita Joseph is our um, incoming president of, she'll be the president-elect of NIASP. She is the first president of color for our organization. So I, I know I'm, you know, kind of interweaving a lot of the things we're talking about. It's It's been long overdue. So even though we've done some really great things with regards to the profession and conferences, we haven't really, you know, um, put our actions into wor uh, our words into actions with regards to uh, diversity in New York. But but I think things are changing. I think we're there. So. I love that. And it, yeah, she's a powerhouse. Uh, I've gotten to meet her um, at our fall conference in Connecticut and just a tremendous person in school psychologist. So yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what uh, what she'll bring to New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, being uh, I sort of think of our Connecticut Association as like the little brother or the little cousin or something of New York. You know, we're so much smaller, but we're right next door. 
Um, so I, I like what you said that really resonated with me. Um, you know, find, uh, especially for our conference, because we do a one day, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, we're looking to expand that a little bit this year. But, you know, finding someone who really has uh, some skills in in planning and then also, um, you know, making sure people walk away having had a really enjoyable experience. Yeah. I think that's fantastic, you know, and, and obviously learning professionally, but connecting professionally and yeah. Um, yeah, leaving with with a really positive experience. That's great. Yeah. 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 I tend to um, gravitate toward, uh, you know, knowledge. Right. You know, if I gain some knowledge, that's uh, but there's more to the experience than just that. Um you know, the knowledge is important, but there, there are other layers, I think. To yeah. the experience. And, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but, but now that you were mentioning it, Eric, right. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, probably more on the nerdy side, despite my, my social uh, media pages. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, in graduate school, I was in the library a lot. You know, I really wanted to learn. I go to conferences. I attend every workshop I possibly can. And I'm, you know, thinking big ideas when I'm sitting there. I mean, I really want to soak up as much as I can. But it is about the relationships you make at those events, right? I mean, the the number of times you would go to a conference and you'd see that same person or group of people, but only once a year. And yet it just felt like home, right? I mean, it, you just felt connected in a way that I think has people coming back for more and more. It's that, um, I mean, there are just these elements that are woven into so much of what we do. It's about the relationships, the connections, feeling included. If you if you tap into those things, you'll, you'll get people wanting to come out. So and yeah, I'm hoping to increase our membership numbers in NASP, right? I want people to feel included and join and, and come and see themselves and have a good time. It's kind of what we want for schools as well, right? We want students to come to school and have um, positive experiences where they're working hard and challenging themselves, but feeling really good about it and making those relationships. It's a uh, two parallel universe. Well, Rebecca, so well said, you know, because um, as we were, we started, right? I mean, um, I'm still, I'm still trying to get through the end of the school year. It's May. And the, the amount of anxiety that I gets reported every single day, every single week from the students, from the parents, from the teachers, I think feels like it's, it's at an all-time high. And some of that is what you just described as the balance, right? I mean, they, they, they're, they're struggling to see what, you know, they are connected to in the building. And it's, you know, they're avoiding a lot um, that just doesn't feel good to them. So, yeah, well said. Yeah, I think I was just reading something. Um, yeah, and maybe it was something that you posted, Rebecca, because you post so much <laughs> good stuff. But about yeah, the this the virtual instruction from the pandemic, how that impact on you know students, many students with anxiety became comfortable doing that virtual um, piece, and so transitioning back into the school year, that we're still having a problem connecting with those students and, and getting them back in. So I was just yeah. yeah. On yep. that article that wasn't that I read. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think it's I, I, I think for those of us who are um, practitioners in the in the school, right? I mean, we we are living it. We're really on the front line, seeing it every day, and and it's so quick. I mean, you jump into the symptoms and you start talking about the anxiety, but then you've got to almost pause and then reflect on everything you just said, Rachel. Right? I mean, it's like, wait, there was this pandemic that none of us have experienced, right? For for a hundred years. And certainly not to the to the same degree, 
And uh, I remember those quotes, right? You know, like uh, we're all in the same boat or something, but we really were not in the same boat. I mean, there were some communities that were able to kind of, you know, apply resources to um, connect communities and to get kids' education still still going. But uh, many communities were not able to do that. And I, I think, again, you know, that inequity um, really is something that we're still feeling. And even under the best of circumstances, I think, you know, you, many of those students had trauma in their lives and experiences that maybe we have not fully processed, that have not fully healed. And I think we've got to, you know, continue to apply resources to that. So. I, I do want to put it out there for people, especially people who are going to watch later to help us workshop your theme. Yes. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be a part of it and say it started here on School Psych Podcast. But I, I love your idea about transformative or transformational relationships. So those are two words to consider, transformative mm -hmm. or transformational. And maybe relationships, connections. Mm -hmm. Think Rachel and Eric have any? Do you want a word or a phrase, or how, how do you envision it? Me or them? I, I'll take it all at this point. <laughs> I, I do think the clock is ticking. I probably only have till the end of like probably June or July, and then I think I've been told that by August I better have a really good idea to present uh, to the to the powers that be at NASP. Well, it just it's reminding me, you know, we the three of us, Peter, were um, communications committee members. And so, you know, I, I want to get out the whiteboard marker on the big glass uh, whiteboard at NASP in the conference room and, you know, start writing these words down. So um, let's not go there, because I feel like the communications committee, we would take like a full day to figure out the theme for school psych awareness week like well that, that was just like the whiteboard i have flashbacks to the whiteboard so we're not, we're not going there <laughs> yeah but rachel something great always came yes. emerged from that so it just took uh, so long <laughs> there was always good snacks too so you know we very we'll get this going. <laughs> but um, at one point you said, and this is and, uh, when you said um, work hard, play hard. I was like, there's a theme right there. And I was like, that's probably not a very good theme. But I, that's what I kind of think of, of, of your conference being, though, again, that, you know. <laughs> I'm worried about who that draws into the profession. If I just say, hey, the model yeah, for the yeah. year is work hard, play, work yeah. hard, play harder. Right. I, if I did that. Actually, we, we have a viewer suggestion. Um, wow. This gentleman like wants to know if you like The Power of One by any chance. Oh, The Power of One. Where have I heard that before? That that sounds so reminiscent of John Kelly's presidency, I believe, <laughs> The Power of One, where he talked about, you know, one individual having transformative powers in a relationship. So, yeah, I, I, I worry that it's already trademarked. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and it may have been a tattoo on someone. And so, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want those showing up as my presidential. The tattoos, that's another thing that was, uh, did yes. we do tattoos at NIASP? And that was, that was hilarious. I the NASP Twitterati, we could incorporate that somewhere too. Yes, yes. All good ideas. So, um, but, but John, John's power of one, I think is also, um, 
you know, yeah. I mean, just really resonated with so many people. It, it, you know, um, I'm assuming John is on right now, maybe listening. Right. But, um, I think the year that he was president, I had the pleasure of getting the front row seat to just see the connections he made with people everywhere he went. Um, you know, John represented NASP at, um, some of the school districts that unfortunately were um, victims of, of school violence and school shootings and stuff like that. And so I think his power of one just really was the, the most amazing thing. He set the bar pretty high. But um, if I tell one other quick, you know, fun story, not about John Kelly, but when I was um, putting my hat in the ring for um, the nomination and, and for the election of president, I, I actually emailed past presidents of NASP and I got a lot of wonderful replies, but I think my favorite was um, Jerry Green, who I did not know, but he is the oldest living president of NASP. He was the second president of NASP and he um, now is retired, uh, living with his wife in Arizona. And we started an email exchange and then I um, got his phone number and I called him multiple times to just ask for his thoughts and insight from, you know, so many years ago till, till now. And he had a lot of great ideas. Um, you know, one of them was, I think, also a focus on children. He talked about um, that they had done a national um, art contest. They had asked kids to sort of draw and um, write poems and submit this sort of like creative kind of, you know, way to process emotions and to process trauma. And I thought there was something there that I, I love. And so regardless of the theme, we might, I might reinvigorate that um, from Jerry Green. So. That's so cool. That's really cool. I think, you know, you could take John's suggestion and morph it a little bit and make it something like the power of us or transformational power of us. The power of, of many or yeah, one up him somehow. You need yeah, to yeah, the power of two. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if one is good, two has to be better. To be better and then you win in that competition. <laughs> and, you know, going with what we were talking about earlier, the power of caffeine and espresso and <laughs> yes power of many things we could yeah. have a list here <laughs> that is great <laughs> but i will continue to accept ideas right right up until kathy cowan and others uh kathy minky the executive director of nasp says okay the deadline is up. Come up with something. Share something. I feel like you have an idea and you're just holding your cards close to <laughs> You just don't want to share it with us. I know. I think, I think you have some thoughts. <laughs> I'm narrowing it down. Let's put it that way, Rachel. You know, this is, yeah, yeah. I'm saving the big reveal for Oprah. No offense, but, you know. I, I feel like she's going to help you. You know, we can take a vote. We'll take a poll. You tell That's us right. what you have and then we'll, we'll poll the audience. <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, we create this list, Peter, you pick what you were going to pick and then I'll take the second one because I have to come up with something for Connecticut as well this year. So we'll, Great. you know, okay. uh, we, I don't mind getting the second or third idea. <laughs> so. I, I like to share, Eric. So that's the Thank power you. of sharing. I will exactly. share. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Please let us know what you think and put in any phrases or um, 
or words that you think could be helpful in in sharing uh, Peter's yeah. message? Yeah, because as I said, NASP is really about all of you. Um, it's it's about our membership and and the children we serve. So, yeah, I get a little fun with it, but certainly um, I wanted to uh, to resonate. And so, happy to pick a fan one. Actually, we could just ask Chat GPT as well, right? I mean, that's the other option I was going with was just put all the information into Chat GPT, and I could be the first president that Chat GPT sort of directs and says what to do and picks a presidential theme. Uh, I just put it in and chat GPT said as an AI language model, I don't have access to real time information or specific details. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it can help kids get A's on their papers in high school, but it can't help me with my presidential theme. Huh? I guess just some things it can't do yet. So I was just going to say, I think we should also ask Gumby. Yes. What Gumby thinks. He, he definitely leads with there. flexibility. You know, yes. that's definitely his top choice. But uh, yeah, yeah, I will uh, I will definitely reach out to him before before I finalize it. I like that flexible transformation. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> writing these down. Speaking of Gumby, I know that you and he are, are good buddies, but I don't know that I've ever seen you in the same room at the same time. Like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that would be Rachel. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time together, the two of us. I mean, I mean, I suppose you could conceivably think that we're so close that we're one, but no, I, I, yeah, we're, we're always together. Yeah. Good to know. Awesome. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so thank you for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come thank and you. hang out with us. We, we definitely appreciate it. Um, I'm checking to see if anybody has any last minute comments or questions. And then I want to remind people, I think our next uh, podcast is I'm going to kind of look up the information as I'm talking, but I know that we're following up um, on part two of the book study on hacking deficit thinking. And I know Rebecca and Eric, we had homework too. We were going to take a survey. I know Eric, Rebecca, you already took it. So you're going to have to remind me what survey I'm supposed to take. The VIA um, survey, valuesinaction.org, VIA.org. Okay. So hopefully yeah, I'm going to take it and, um, you know, we can all talk about it. And then anybody watching, that would be awesome to kind of have that conversation. But 6-4 is our next podcast date. And then we just got one more to close out the book study. And then it's summer break. That's exciting. Okay. Any last comments, questions from anyone? This was great. It was a fun conversation. Thank you. And and honestly, thank you for the work that you guys do around this. I mean, I know I know we're having some fun today, but I I started um, uh, before we went live just to say that I had gone back through some of the other um, podcasts that you guys are you're doing some really outstanding work, having some really great minds come to the table and have conversations. So thank you for that. Um, because unless you guys are getting big checks from the sponsors and advertisers, it's all volunteer work that you're doing as well. So thank you on behalf of NASP and the profession. Thanks so much. It's been really great for us. It's our original um, version of ChatGPT. And we have a lot of guests that we can ask things. And they're <laughs> very generous with their, with their support and answers. But thank you. All right, everyone. Well, Thanks, Dr. Festino. It was yes. great to have you. Happy Sunday and have a great week, everyone out there. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the presidential theme and anything else that's on your mind. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.